0: Welcome to this teaching from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. Calvary Chapel Divine is just a casual church for everyone. We meet in a common place, and we just simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. One of the things that we do emphasize is the sun, salt, and light. We want you to know and grow in the sun, Jesus, but be the salt and the light in this world. If you'd like to get more information on the church, we meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. You can either come in person or watch online. But you can also submit a prayer request, or if you have any questions about the church at all, you can just go to our website at CalvaryDivine.org. That's CalvaryDivine.org. Here's today's teaching: Nehemiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 36. I entitled this uh, "Living." and serving in the city living and serving in the city Uh, last week we kind of left off as um, we found out that the the people were set out to to take care of the house of God one of the things they said in the last verse is we will not neglect the house of God uh, but now they must fill the city and so that's where we're at with this and so let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started and uh, and dive into Nehemiah chapter 11 we're almost done with the book already so Let's pray, Father God. We thank you so much for uh, tonight. We do pray for uh, for each person here. We ask that you be with them, uh, allow them to be at rest, allow them to be uh, at peace, allow them to to be ready to hear from you. Um, and and we do cry out, Lord, uh, for our nation. Uh, we we are your people, and and we pray for uh, our city here in Divine, and and just pray for. Uh, just an awakening, Lord, uh, to happen uh, within the believers. And, and, uh, and we just ask, Lord, that you just continue to, to move in this church. We pray for the, the things that are, are being worked on in, uh, in, in the, the next few months and, uh, and for the Cactus Fest as well. And we pray for Marcus and their family in and, and this building. We thank you for them. We ask that you just continue to bless them and, and bring people here. Um, and and we thank you. We, we pray for application in your word tonight Um, you know, I at the end of the day lord, we we come to a very uh, Long list of names as we get into this and and sometimes it's easier to check out and and so I pray that we're We're all attentive and ready to hear from you and we ask that in jesus name. Amen all right, so as we dive into nehemiah chapter 11 i want to read something that actually to encourage you Um, back when Teresa and i were uh, you have to understand we decided to plant we decided to plant during covid to plant the church we had been praying about it but we hadn't really started the process yet and so as we as we um, Starting the process, one of the things that we, we struggled with is um, where and, and how that was all going to take place and, and how that was going to happen. Well, we went through a process of, of prayer for, we had prayed up until that point and still nothing. And, and they one of the things that were talked about was possibly Cal yeah. Allen and Corpus. And, and, um, and so we were going to go down and meet Pastor Rod, who's actually from California who planted 25 years ago uh, from California in Corpus Christi. And, and so he had had a desire to possibly have another church in the area. And so we went down and met with him and, and went to Cal Allen and I you know, didn't see a need really there for a church. There's a church at every corner in Cal Allen. I mean, there's, you could throw a rock and hit a church. Um, and I had a friend of mine that had just planted there and I knew that he talked verse by verse. So I was like, and he was right down the street. Um, and so one of the things Rod had talked about was possibly Kingsville. So we went down to Kingsville. And every time we went on a trip, it was just chaos. And I remember we had been maybe four times down there. And I finally, for me, Corpus was always my place of rest. That was the place I could go online. That was the place me and Teresa would go with the family. And these four trips were the most excruciating painful trips that we had been through and when i got back i was doing the church planning book with joe and i just told him i'm not. i just don't talk to me about it anymore i don't want to talk about it no more because <laughs> i was that frustrated about it i mean we had went to fredericksburg we went to i mean we were just all over the place and the verse that came to me was actually as in our daily reading uh was in Isaiah chapter 37, verse 15. And I wrote in, the, in my Bible, uh, write it down, lay it before the Lord. And, and you know, as we talk about the city, uh, one of the things I love about this verse is, is that Hezekiah's prayer. And, it, and, and as Isaiah chapter 37, verse 15, it says, uh, then Hezekiah took the letter from the, the hand of the messenger and read it, and he went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord, Hezekiah to the Lord saying, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, who enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdom of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear. And I just remember at that moment, I was like, I need to write it down. This is why I talk about the prayer request. So I wrote it down. And I found this today, and I was like, okay, this is what I wrote down. Prayer for church plant. Where? Well, that's happened in the vine. So God answered that prayer, right? Uh, a time and uh, to leave. When we're going to leave? When, are, are we? Gonna, when do need, we need to meet new people in the area? No, well, that's happened. Uh, one of the things that we need a building, a place to meet. That happened, and it's just been one thing after another that's been answered. off this, and and at, at the same time, it's just a reminder to us that it's not uh, the work that. We do. It's the Lord's work. It's the Lord's church, and and you know, uh, one of the things we're going to learn this week is, and Sunday's teaching is just the importance of of rest. You know, as as Jesus is angry angry at the the religious leaders and he's grieved at their hard hearts, the crowds get bigger, and and Jesus withdraws. But he doesn't withdraw by himself. He actually takes the disciples with him on this one. And we'll talk about that this week. But it's important for us to remember that the work that we do in the city is important. The work that we do here in Divine is important. Uh, We all, I think here, every one of us that are here, uh, we've been blessed to have everybody kind of just jump in and help out. Um, But one of the things that I do believe is like there's a work that needs to be done in the city. We can feel it. And, and that's what we need to continue to pray for. So, you know, last week what we saw is in Nehemiah, they, they were dealing with the house of God, the temple, and getting everything set for worship, uh, getting all the people in place and everything that's needed. And this week, what, what we have now is the focus turns to the city. It's an empty city. They, there's nobody really living there. So the people had been uh, taken into captivity, and, and, and the temple had been rebuilt. But now Nehemiah comes back, and he, and he builds the, uh, the wall within 52 days, and the people of God begin to return. And what we see is revival has started to happen. And, and as we get into Nehemiah 11, one of the things that, uh, that I love is you're going to see the mention of God's holy city, Jerusalem. And we're going to talk about the importance of that city today and why you know, just everything that we see with the anti-Semitic is just crazy. It shouldn't be happening. Um, and it's just sad, but it just goes to show you that there's a, a, the enemy already knows where everything's going to go down. And, and the center of the world is Jerusalem, not America. We need to wake up to that. It's not America. We're not in the final, the final scene. We're not even mentioned. And so, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7 says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your, your welfare. And so what we do is when we look at cities today, <laughs> unfortunately, we see people running from the cities. Whether it's Chicago, or we see people running from New York City, um, you know, even in San Antonio, the city keeps expanding, and people are wanting to do what? They want to live outside the city. They don't want to be in the city anymore. And and so um, we see crime up, murders are up, and, and nobody wants to run to the city, right? But that's the same thing that's happening here when we look at Nehemiah 11. Remember that the city is not occupied. And so they're putting everything in place, uh, guards and everything that's going to be put into place. But at the same time, they're asking people to return to the city. And, and so uh, I, I love this quote. It's a city without God at the center is a city without order. Now, if I tell you that and I put Chicago without God at the center is a city without order. Yeah. New York City, a city without God at the center is a city without order. Yeah. We see it. It's in the news. We see it being just played out, you know, on television, unfortunately. I think, I forget, it's sad, I think it was over 400 people got shot over the weekend, 200 or 100 and something murders. And it's like, what is going on? You know? But what, what we do is we keep removing God from our institutions. And, and we, we're putting things in place that are more political, putting things in place that are more social. You know? And, and what, we're, what our greatest need is Jesus. <laughs> That's what's needed. You know? And, and at the end of the day, I think I heard um, we were watching something. And, the, and they had the 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 lady from the teachers association, the the head, and she said that that they're even if they're not allowed to teach, you know, critical race theory, they're going to teach it regardless. And we have attorneys ready to go to fight the case. And um, and she goes because the truth needs to be spoken. Well, if 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 we go by that, right? Let me let me. Let's let's just go by that just for a second because that's that's what drives me crazy. Because if if I look at John chapter eight, and you tell me you want to teach truth, let's go to John chapter eight verses uh, 30, 31 and thirty two. Because this is what I have to say to the teachers union. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in Him, "If you abide in Me, abide in My Word, you are true, You are truly My disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." You want to teach truth? Teach the Word of God. You want to teach people how to love? Teach them about Christ. That, that's that's what it comes down to. This is why we see more and more homeschooling happening, and and. People are just at that point where they're just like, the city has lost their minds. But we need to be involved in the city because people need Christ. And that's the hard part. Because as much as Jesus looked at those religious leaders with the hard hearts and he was angry and grieved, they needed Christ. And we need to be able to to be a voice for the Lord. And so Nehemiah... You know, one of the things they're going to do is they're going to start putting people back into the city of Jerusalem. And so in verse 1 it says, Now the leaders of the people lived in Jerusalem. So all the leaders decided this is where they're going to be. The leaders decided this is where we're going to be. And, and one of the things that we need to remember, and this is even for our youth that are here, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul told Timothy this. He said, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believer as an example. You're the example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. But we need to be that too, right? I can't be that example and not be that example for my own kids. I have to do do what I've been been called to do, which is to lead by example. And we see in Nehemiah chapter 11, verse 1, that the leaders are, are, hey, we're going to live in Jerusalem. And as a leader, we have to model truth and teach it. So who's a leader? (laughs) You all are. And I, I hate to shock people, right? But he's telling Timothy you know but set yourself the believers as the example as an example that's everybody we're all followers we're all supposed to be the example and so one of the things that we do is is as leaders that's every one of us but we should be conducting ourselves in an example of speech and conduct in love faith and purity but where do we do it well home work your neighborhood and even in the city wherever you go you're the example we we need to act like we're the example you know and, and that's the same thing we're supposed to do here in divine we're supposed to uh, be the example we're supposed to worship God and teach the word we we live that out at home in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 it says the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of God will stand forever even when you're in heaven, you'll still be learning the Word of God. It stands forever. It's not going away. No matter what they try to do, no matter what they try to say, the Word of God is not going away. The church is not going away. It may have to go underground, but it won't go away. We're, one of the things that we're supposed to do here at this church is to build the body of Christ. We're supposed to be, that's why we're, we're wanting to do a worship night. It's not for just us. It's for everybody. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says, You yourselves like living stones are are being built upon a spiritual house to be holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It's funny because we're living stones, think about that, stacked on each other as Christians. And, and and we forget that we're we're a body working together. So whether it's FBC, the church down the street, or or, or the Catholic Church, we're working together to bring people to know Christ. They need to, they need to know about Jesus. You know, without all the the uh, worship of saints and all that stuff. But you know, but we are <laughs> they. they we have to remember that we're, we're living stones being built together. First, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So one of the things that we're supposed to do is encourage each other, to build each other up. That's, that's part of, of, of being a leader. And then lastly, one of the things we do is we serve the city. Instead of running from the city, we should be running to the city. And I talked to you all about the needs that they have at the Divine Food Pantry. That's something that, you know, hopefully we'll be able to, I told them once we get past, we got a, you know, a couple busy weeks and then hopefully we'll try to find out more information, try to get plugged in, me and Teresa, and see what it's about and serve a little bit and let y'all know about it. Uh, but the, at the end of the day we have to be involved, whether it's within our families, whether it's within our neighbors, you know, all that wonderful stuff, of fellowship, it's it's to build each other up to encourage each other. If we only see each other on Sunday or we only see each other, you know once a week, we don't know how somebody's doing. You know at, at the end of the day, it's living life together as believers. It, it, one of the things that, that I love is like, Going on vacation. Sometimes I go on vacation with with other believers, people that I know are going to hold me accountable. That are I can pour out and say stuff to, without having to go. Oh well, wait a minute. <laughs> right? Now I can I can sit down and, and and have dinner with somebody. You know, Joe or Sheila, or I go with Court and Donna, and we're planning on going with Wayne and Sarah. We got matter of fact that that's something that's got to be. So the good thing is Glory's going to watch the kids. And we're going to dinner. No dishes. And they got pizza waiting on them. And they're going to watch a movie or something. So they'll have some games and movies and stuff. If y'all, we got to work all that out. See? But there's fellowship. That's part of it. We, we live life together as believers. Um, and, and so, but we also have to be within the, the, the area that God has put us in. We're leaders, all of us, for the city, because we're we're Christ, we're Christ's followers, and and so at the end of the day, we're all supposed to be the example. Psalm 107, verse 35 to 36 says, "He turns the desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in." It's God. You know, hopefully, what will happen is Christians will pour back into New York City. And start preaching Christ. Because people are trying to figure out what's going on. Same thing with Chicago. They have some of the strictest gun laws and yet they have the most people getting shot, I think, in the world right now. It's one of the most dangerous places in the world. In the United States. And and so, you know, the church has a responsibility. So one of the things that we... We want to do is is we want to continue to to grow in, in the city, but at the same time raise people up to go further and beyond divine at some point. You know, as as leaders, we want to be able to hopefully send people out one day. It says in in verse the rest of verse one, it says, and the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while nine out of the ten remain in other towns. So. What happened is there wasn't enough leaders to move in to, to populate the city, so Nehemiah had to have them cast lots. Uh, casting lots is an easy way to remember, is just like a lottery. That's the way that uh, we would understand it. Uh, and, and so we remember they had this struggle back in Nehemiah chapter seven verse four. It says the city was wide and large, but the people within it were few and no houses had been rebuilt. They hadn't had anybody in the city. So they got a, a wall, a temple, and pretty much an empty city. Nothing's there. Uh, and, and it reminds me of, of we matter of fact, somebody sold their land by us, and they fixing to be a ton of houses. There's a wall that went up, and it's empty inside. But you can see where they're putting everything in, and I'm like, oh, Lord, there's going to be a lot of houses here. And that, that's what happens. But right now it's empty. You don't, see, you don't see the houses yet. And so what they do is they drew straws. So they had approximately about 50,000 people in the region. And so about 5,000 would have been called. And, and another way of looking at it in the country, we would pick straws. That's something we used to do. You know. And, and so whoever got the shortest straw, you were going. And, and even with that, out of the approximately 50,000 people were, were in the region, 5,000 were needed. Uh, to hold residence in the holy city now one of the things that that's important about casting lots in proverbs, tra- um, proverbs chapter 16 verse 33 says uh, the lot is cast into the lap but it's every decision is from the lord so even though we say it's a lottery they believe when they cast lots it was god's will that was being done and so the vote that was being cast was determined by the lord Uh, So if they pulled that short straw, it was determined by God they were going to go. One of the other things that we see is that it talks about Jerusalem, the holy city. It says, And the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of the ten uh, to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the nine out of ten remain in the other towns. Jerusalem, the holy city, Psalm 87.2 says, The Lord loves the gate of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. The Lord has a special place for Jerusalem, and so should we as believers. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I love is, is you know, they established Jerusalem as a, a city. And we actually put an embassy there. You know, that was a big deal. And and, and as a nation, Jerusalem and Israel are very important. The, the, uh, you read Ezekiel chapter 38, it talks about Armageddon. That's where, uh, in Israel, where that's going to go down um the final final war the tribulation after you know we'll be pre-trib so we're gone but when the tribulation and and armageddon happens um you know god will win the war he already has victory so if you got to i think billy graham used to say i've read the last page of the bible i know what's going to happen we're okay we have victory and and so you know we'll see jesus in his 1000 year reign and his throne in jerusalem that we get to be so. Everybody's going to Jerusalem, whether you've been there or not, you'll be there at some point. You know, if you go before that, you know, it's. I know a lot of people make those trips to Jerusalem, but at some point, as a follower of Christ, you will be in Jerusalem. And then, uh, you know, the other thing that we we know is that um, as we look at Jerusalem, it's going to be. Uh, the final rebellion will happen, but there will be new heavens, new earth, and the new heavenly city called the New Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is, is at the center, the epicenter of, of what is happening in the world. That's why it's always in the news. Something's always going on in Jerusalem and Israel. It's God's holy city. So you don't think the enemy is going to constantly bring attack to them. And, and so the last thing that we want to do as a nation is 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 turn from from supporting Israel. Uh, it's not going to end well. And so that's why when we when we see you know the stuff with the anti-Semitic stuff that's been going on, we have to be that stuff needs to be fixed and and taken care of. It shouldn't be happening. And it's sad because it's people in Congress. It. it it shouldn't happen, um, but yet it does. It just goes to show the the depravity that we're in as a nation. Uh, you know, I think even just this past week, just everything that was just celebrating Independence Day, how they made that a big a big mess. And and it's I, I know guys that died for this country, They gave their lives. They're so, you know at the end of the day, it's like. I've said it, we're not a perfect country. <laughs> we aren't. You know, we, Lord knows we don't have perfect leaders. Right? But, but we try, and, and what we should be doing is seeking a perfect God and, and praying for our, our country. So, uh, and, and praying that we continue to support Israel and the people of Israel we, we know in uh, Abram that when he takes that step of faith, it's the same thing that happens with the, these people that are going to be taking this step of faith. They're going to leave everything to go to the city. They're leaving their home, their friends. Some of them are leaving their businesses. Some of them are leaving their land to go do what God is calling them to do and take that step of faith to do it. And, and it's, it, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. If it was, everybody would do it. You know? Everybody would do it. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4 says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and this is what we need to remember. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and then you all the families of the earth shall be blessed so Abram went as the Lord told him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75, year old, 75 years old when he had departed from Aaron and, and, and so he takes the step of faith and that's what these people are doing they're taking the step of faith and they're going back to populate the holy city And if you look at Jerusalem now, there's probably not a place you could put anything. It's so crowded. And that all started with Nehemiah. That's how far back that goes. Now, that's an amazing part of Scripture. It says in verse 2, And all the people blessed all the men uh, who were willing and offered uh, to live in Jerusalem. So they they trusted it was going to be uncomfortable. Uh, and God's going to do that to us sometimes there's going to be times when you uh, in order for you to grow you have to go sometimes you have to you have to be stretched you have to get outside the, the normal comforts right and and so serving God can can be hard at times you, you get pulled and stretched and and you know at the same time it's it's to help you grow it's to help you grow and, and they're going into a, a city that, Doesn't have a government set up. They don't have a police, right? They're they're going to a city where there's no elected officials, right? Exodus chapter thirty-five verses twenty and twenty-one says, "Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came, uh, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting." And for all its service, and and for the holy garments, and I love this because when you look at verse two, you see in, in Exodus everybody was excited and wanted to do what God was calling them to do. They they heard the invitation and they were going to do it. And so anything that we do, there's going to be a cost, especially anything we do for the Lord. Um, and and so we need to remember, you know, that at the end of the day, it's. I think it's in Second Samuel, verses 24 and uh, 25. It says, but uh, the king of, of Aranon, uh, no, but I will buy it from you for a price. And I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. And so David, they were going to give him this land and David said, no. I'm not, I'm not giving up burnt offerings that cost nothing. And so for us and, and even for the people of Nehemiah, they were taking a step of faith and it was going to cost them something. It cost them their their family, their friends. Uh, they moved from all of the comforts that they had. To come to a city that they had no idea what it was going to be like to be in. It took a step of faith. And so that's the same for us. You know, at the end of the day, we need to be. Uh, understanding that there are going to be times when we're going to be stretched and we're going to be asked to do and go and and, and it's going to cost you something but they I, I love that they offered it willingly because it says and they and the people blessed all the men who will, willingly offered to live in Jerusalem so they offered themselves willingly to go do this and and, and for us it's it's like at the end of the day it, it Man, there, there is going to be a constant war that happens when you take that step of faith to leave. Because that's where the spiritual battle is. And, and what, what happens is the devil don't want you to, to go do that. And so he's going he's gonna to make it really tough for you to go out and, and take that step of faith. He's going to want you to stay in that comfort sometimes. Because he would rather have you over here than have you go do something new for the Lord. Cause look, it was hard for us to leave. I, I was comfortable. I, I even told you, I, I mean, I could just retire with you. I'd be fine just retiring. But I knew I had this calling that I needed to take the step of faith and do. And I, I figured me and Teresa. This is me, my my wonderful wisdom. I don't have much of it at all. But I was thinking in my head, we'll probably do it for a year and it'll be over. I don't know. You know, I said let's just do it because this is what God's calling us to do. And so, when we say yes, understand that you're entering into a war with the devil. He, he's, you're on his radar. Um, and, and so, but we need to remember that even though there's a cost for us doing it, that Christ has the victory. We just need to take that step of faith. And, and I mean, each of us are, are from different parts. I'm not from here. Y'all are not from here, y'all are from California, and I'm from Georgia. Court, I'm not sure where you're from, where are you from? New Mexico. New Mexico. I knew it was New Mexico. Green chilies. And so we're all from different parts, and each one of those moves were hard. And even being here, you know, there are times where we're like, man, you know, who else is going to show up? Is there going to be anybody to be here? They'll come. I mean, at at the end of the day, we just got to keep praying and and understand that there are going to be people that will, uh, you know, have to take that step of faith to come to church. Because we have to do that sometimes, too. And you hear about all these different variants and all this different stuff, and it's like, just turn that stuff off for a little bit. and, And seek God and see what he wants to do in your life. Because you know, each of us have a calling, and, and we need to answer that call. And that's what that's what these people were doing in Nehemiah. Uh, they're they're going to they're gonna go into a city and populate the city. But I love the list of people that they give. And, and I'll, as we go through this, we'll go through it pretty fast once we get past this verse here. But in, in chapter 3, we saw a list of workers who worked on the wall. And then in chapter 7 we saw a list of people that went back to Judah under the leaders of Zerubbabel. Because remember the king stopped the work for Ezra and they had to go back. So the temple was done but the wall was never complete. And then in chapter 10 we see the seal of the covenant with God. That was a list of the people that signed the covenant and last week. And then next week we'll see a list of the priests and the Levites. And so as we speed this up here now, as, as we go in verse 3, it says the chiefs of the province who lived in Jerusalem, but in the towns of Judah, everyone lived on the property in their towns, Israel, the priests, the Levites, the temple servants, and descendants of Solomon's servant. So one of the things that's pretty crazy is like when you actually look at the development of, of where things are going, in, in 2050, Every, over 75% of the population will live in the city. Now, if you think about it, 2050, this will be San Antonio. It's probably. Because right? the way it's pushing out and pushing out and pushing out, you know, it's just growing. But think about that. Nearly, never, nearly 75% of the people will live in a city. And so cities are very important. They're very important places to minister uh, to people, and so that's one of the things that we do need to remember is at the end of the day that that God has placed us in this town for a specific reason. Each of us. Now we get into the list of the names, so I'm not gonna make y'all suffer through that, and so I'm I'm gonna grab them in groups, and and we'll go through them real quick. So in verses four through uh, nine, what we see is we see the people of Judah and and, and Benjamin, who lived in Jeru- Jerusalem. They're first listed, and then we have the two tribes that were composed of Judah after the nation was divided. You also will see uh, the uh, further down you'll see the valiant men or the mighty men, uh, which means the the fighting men, and, and then you also see the wealthy men. So there's a reference there to to Boaz from Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. And you, you, you also get in a picture, a picture of this, the, des, the descendants and the, the lineage of Judah from Jesus. And that's why these lists are very important. Uh, and, and it goes back to, to Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. Now Naomi had a, a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Emelech, whose name was Boaz. And then we see in verse four, uh, chapter 4, verses 16 and 7, and then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became uh, her, his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed and his father Jesse and the father of David. And so we see, you know, uh, the priest Haken, are of the priests in verse 10. That's actually a descendant of Boaz. That's listed, which is a tie to uh, to Jesus as well. And then verses 10 through uh, through 10 and 12, we find the groups that are mentioned. Those are the priests. Uh, there's some 822 people that were willing to go work within the temple, that were coming back. So that group was the uh, they supported the work of the temple. In verses 13 and 14, that's where we see the mighty men of valor. Lord knows we can use some of them. Those are listed from David. And so if you think of mighty men, we think of, uh, I was thinking of Gary when I, when we wrote this. Remember how Gary talked about, you know, David slayed the giant, teaching the mighty men of David to what? Slay giants. And and so same thing here. We have mighty men that are going to uh, come into the city to protect the city. Um and so for us it's very important uh to remember uh and and for and for men generally you know that we are are called to be warriors and 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 we we need to be standing uh for not only our families for our marriages uh for our city um it's okay to stand i always say i think the problem that i have is when we you know if you want to go to a city council meeting or you want to you have something that you need to say that you think is not biblically being done properly remember i told y'all let's say they had a decide to have a pride parade downtown well i would actually we need to go speak at the, at the at the city council at that point but i need to do it in truth and love i can't go there in my emotions and my feelings and that's that's what's happening too much now anyway it's like too much emotion and feeling we need to be able to say what we need to say, but as men, we should be able to stand up and say, hey, this is not right. Uh, we need to look at this, and, and this is what God's Word says. And, but, it, you know, nothing may come of it, but at least you went and stood. In verses 15 uh, through 18, we see those that are that did the outside work. Um, it says the chief of the Levites who were... Over the outside work of the house of God. Now, what is the outside work of the God? Any? Uh, that's the <laughs> cutting the grass, so to say. Those are the people that took care of the lawn and the landscape of the temple. And very important, but at the same time, they they also were. They did more than just that. They actually handled. Uh, they judged and handled civil affairs. They did counseling, and they they also. Um, you know minister to people in public and so we see that uh and i love that it says that in the son Mattaniah, the the son of micah uh it says there the son of asaph he he was the leader of the of the praise who gave thanks in verse 17 so so he in his genealogy what is he known for thanksgiving and prayer the principle of thanksgiving and prayer something that, that we need in our lives definitely daily is, is for us to, to have a, a desire to be uh, you know be a, be a man of God or be a woman of God that prays that's Thanksgiving that we we thank God that the house didn't get flooded this week right Or thank God the whole roof didn't get get a hole in it right it was just a tiny one right? we need to we need to be thanking God for the things that that are provided that God does for us man and so I I pray that we do that in verses 19 through 21 it's those are the keep the guys who would keep watch of the gates there are about 300 people that were appointed to guard the temple uh, and they took part in that ministry in first chronicles chapter 9 verses 26 uh, through 29 it kind of gives an idea of what they would do it says for the chief gatekeepers who were Levites were entrusted to be over the chambers and the treasures of the house of God so not only were they in charge of the gatekeeping but they were also in charge of the tithes and taking care of the treasure of the house of God and they lodged around the house of God for they uh, for on them they laid duty of watching and they had charge of opening in the morning some of them had charge of the utensils of service for they required to count Count them, uh, they, they were brought and, and taken out, and others of them were appointed over the furniture and over all of the holy utensils also, over the fine flour, the wine, the oil, the incense, and the spices. So you see that they did so much more besides being the gatekeeper. right? And I think that's for us here. I, I, one of the things I love, and I, and I haven't said thank y'all enough for everybody who just jumps in. It, the, for the production of putting everything together you know it's it's like it's so i'm so great gracious and i love y'all and i thank y'all for helping you know because i know it's a sacrifice uh, if it was if it didn't cost you anything we wouldn't do it right it'd be easy and and for, for us to to step up and 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 jump in and and i mean it's that's one of the things that's been a blessing everybody just comes in and they just start start helping and it's so easy when you're in a big church to get lost. You just kind of sneak in and sneak out, and and and, and I've been, I've been I've seen that before it happens. Verses twenty two through twenty four. Uh, finally, that's Nehemiah. It's it's the fifth unknown. It's an overseer of Levites uh, in Jerusalem, a, a man whose name was Uzziah. and and so. Um, He also was a son of Asaph, the singer of the servants, uh, services of the house of God. So Asaph was actually from the clan. He would actually be a singer. And so he would would actually do uh, worship and and sing for, for the glory of God. Exodus chapter 15 verse 1 says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord. For he triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider. He was thrown into the sea. Do y'all know that's the first recorded worship song in the Bible? Exodus 15. It's a long one. It's it's not. That's just a part of it. And then we see, uh, you know, one of the things that we need, and and I love is at the end of the day is to be able to worship. And um, I, I for me, it's at the end. Of, I love it. Uh, but at the same time, it's like we, we have the pleasure of, of being able to come. And, and it's not really till you get to the Psalms. When David started, he had a heart for worship. That's what David had. And, and I mean, he wrote a lot, a lot of Psalms. Uh, and, and, man, some of the great stuff to listen to is like Shane and Shane, the, when, when they just do the Psalms. Uh, I think the Robbie C band is another one. They're out of Houston, and all he does is he has like three albums, and they're nothing but the Psalms. Yeah, beautiful, because one thing you, one of the things I love about when you do the Psalms is you're actually learning the Word of God, so you're memorizing it, and and at the same time, it's so beautiful. The words in it are just amazing, and so it's it's just something for us to remember. So we went from Exodus, where the first worship song, not till Psalms. When we started seeing worship songs in the Bible. Uh, and so that, that, that was David that really orchestrated and wanted that. And so Asaph was part of that. Uh, part of that ministry that David sowed into and said, Hey, we need to do this. We need to have singers and, and people who play instruments. And think about it. In Revelation 4, uh, Revelation chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. I won't read the whole thing, but just think right now there's worship going on in front of the Lord. Uh, they're, 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 they never cease day and night. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Yeah, they're, they're, they're worshiping God as we speak. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. It's amazing because sometimes you can come in and, and one of the worship songs just really hits you. And you're like, man, I really needed needed to hear that. And that's what worship does. And so at the end of the day, that's why I, I played that first song. Teresa loves that song. But I love the words on it, you know. Um, let there be light, you know. And, and especially in this city, let there be light. Open the eyes of the blind. It's, it's just the words of it are really beautiful. And you can't go wrong with Paul Bosch. That's just a... You know, I, I I'm not good at picking songs, so I just stick to my wheelhouse, which is what I know. So I always say Paul Blosh and Jared Anderson; those are usually guys you can that has a lot of good stuff. Uh, so verse 22 through 24, it actually deals with Nehemiah. It's actually one of the things I love is Nehemiah actually states what the king of Persia did to help the ministry of the temple. So he actually says, "Hey, this is what the king did." To help the Jewish people. Someone who was not Jewish. Who had nothing to do with the temple. Helps. And that's, that's awesome. So verses 25 through 31. Actually verses 25 through 36. Uh, that division. That actually deals with the list of the villages. And the areas. Of the work. So this is where. Uh, the people were coming in from. That dwelt in. They, they list those villages. So they would have some people that worked in the villages but would come in and do the work of the temple. But they didn't live in Jerusalem and their names were listed. Can you imagine having your name listed here? Your name should be listed in the book of life. But, I mean, it's amazing that, that all these people, all of them wanting to do God's work. All of them. And, and they cared so much about the holy city, God's city. And for us, so what tonight is our application? It's a, you know, as we get into next week, the first probably 20 verses are nothing but names. and, and But after that, we'll get into the meat of it. Um, but for this this chapter, for us, you know, one of the things I, I always ask people, are you being called to serve? Now, you all of us here in some capacity are serving in some form. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, for us, even... Lord knows we see the need for people being on the school board. <laughs> we didn't think about that a couple years ago, right? There's a need to have Christians on the school board now. On the city council, those things, you know, there are other places. So when I ask you about serving, I want you to think about this down the road. It's not necessarily at a church. We automatically think that. We can serve somewhere in the city, right? There are places in the city that we can serve that would be beneficial. You could be a coach. And I know guys that are coaching in school that, that, yeah, they can't teach biblical principle, but they live it out. They're an example. And they're able to answer questions if the the child has a question about it, they're able to talk about it. But they're an example. So there's so many other places that we can be examples in the city. You know, whether it's coaching. You you could do an art class. You could do an art class here. You know, teaching people how to do crosses or something. And sharing the scripture as they do it. I mean, there's just stuff that you could do. You need to, all of us have something that God, but I tell you, when you step out to do it, it's going to cost you something. And I'm not talking uh, a physical cost. I'm talking. It's you've got to take the step of faith and do it. Lord knows, I'm trying to find a flatbed trailer right now. It's driving me crazy because we need a stage for the worship night. So we're working on that right now. It's not easy. We've been looking. So James chapter two verse fourteen says, "What good, uh, what good is it, my brothers, if you say someone uh, if you someone says he has faith but does not have works?" Can that faith save them? If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have work, works, is dead. And remember, we're, we're saved. We're not saved uh, by works. We're, we're saved by grace. But we're also, when we are saved, we're prepared for good works. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Remember a city without God at the center is a city without order. And so a city needs godly leaders and needs godly examples. Next, next application. If is following God costing you anything they left their, their lands they left their home they left their friends and, and they left to go into an empty city. Um, you know, I, I, we all, I think, we're military and y'all just moved so we understand the cost of moving. And what I mean by that is not being close to family or friends or, or schools. You know, are are your friends that you had at your your other church? You know, all those things that you take that step of faith to come to San Antonio, come to Divine Texas, and and you it costs you something. It, it, at the end of the day, we we need to understand that that uh, following God is going to cost us something. It is. Philippians chapter three verse eight says, "Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ Jesus, my Lord." For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I, I can tell you there's nothing that, that you can gain that, that Christ doesn't trump. It doesn't really cost you as much as you think because you have Christ. If, if you have the right perspective, you go into it saying, you know what, I'm going I'm to focus on the eternal. It's hard. Serving is not easy. Ministry, we're going to talk about this, that this week. If ministry was easy, they, what is the, the thing in 10% of the church, you know, 90% of the people that attend the church, the work is done by 10% of the people. You know, if ministry was easy, everybody would do it. But I think at the end of the day, we, we need to understand that there is a cost uh, of following Christ. That's why he tells us in in, uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He's telling you, you you have to die daily. You have to die daily to be more like Christ, to be that example. Last thing, when reading this chapter, we see a great degree of organization by God. Okay? God is orchestrating everything. God is. What in your life is in chaos? What's in chaos? And what does God need to bring into order? We all have something. I always I, I tell a friend of mine that, man, like I, when you have a lot of kids, and y'all know what this is like, you get one of them riding the wave good, and then somebody wipes out, and you got to help them get back up on the wave. It's always a challenge, it's part of having kids. But, you know, at the end of the day, what we do is we, in that chaos, we point them to God. We point them to Christ. And, and, and there are always things that, that sometimes we think that we have, that we're trying to control, and it's a mess. And, and what we need to do is turn that over to God, because God is a God of order. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40, it says, But all things should be done decently and in order. So we can't give our chaos to God and say, bless it. Okay, I did that when I first came to Christ. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm I'm a follower now. Fix the marriage. I thought I was just going to wake up and everything was, okay, we're good to go. We're not yelling anymore. Happy, You know, like some fairy tale. But God had to do a work in me and do a work in her and... And, and God took all that chaos because when we turned it over, this is what I wrote. You cannot give your chaos to God and say, bless it, but you can surrender your chaos to God and God will bring it into order. When you surrender it over, God will take care of it. God will guide it and God will bring it into order. Okay? You surrender it, give it over to God. So if there's something like that for you tonight, I pray, you know, just take some time tonight when you pray. Uh, hey, Isaiah, what was that verse? Y'all need to remember that one. Man, that one saved my life because I was losing my mind. I told, I told my pastor, I can't do this no more. I, I'm, I was at that point where I was just like, I don't want to talk about it no more. Because it was just like, just stress. Isaiah 37, 14 and 15. he wrote a letter and handed that message to the Lord and what he did is he went to the temple of the Lord and just wrote it down and so sometimes we need to write the stuff down and just give it over to God and say Lord you know what this is my chaos because that's what I did because all these thoughts and the stuff that was racing through my head and I was like man how come I have no peace right now because I was in my will oh it would have been nice to be by the beach You know how much ministry I would have got done, Wayne? Zero. I would have been fishing and going to the beach. It wouldn't have worked out. So there was a reason why the Lord, but all that chaos, we ended up just writing everything out and started praying about it gave it over to God and and God brought brought that chaos because we surrendered it and just was like, Lord, you got to close every door that needs to be closed. And whatever door you open, open it wide so we know that's exactly the door we need to go through. And that's what God did. And he'll do that for you too. So let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for what a blessing it is to see people who had a desire to step out in faith and do the things that you called them to do, to step uh, into a city that was empty. And, And your holy city, Jerusalem, To, to, to bless your nation, your people. Lord, I pray that we don't forget that. We, we, we stand with Israel. We love Israel. We love the nation of Israel. We, we know that Jerusalem is the, the center of this world. I pray that as Christians we remember that that our voice would be heard when somebody says something that's so anti-Semitic that we would say something and stand up. But I also pray for the city, Lord. You know, we see a lot of empty buildings. We see a, a lot of effects of COVID, a lot of effects of, of businesses that suffered and, and that are trying to return, um, help wanted signs all over the place. and. And Lord, we we pray as people may be running away from the city that we would run to the city. I pray that there would be Christians that would be running into New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Austin. Lord, let us be Christians that will stand for you, that will step out in faith for you, and Lord, use us here while we're in divine. Allow us to be used here. We thank you, Lord. There are probably things that we all have that are, are, are something that just seems stressed out or chaos is around it. Lord, I pray that we can surrender that over to you. And seek your guidance and your direction. And and whatever step of faith you need us to take, whatever calling you have on our hearts, um, I pray that you would you would help us with that. And I do pray for uh, for shots that are going to happen on Friday. We pray for those as well. Uh, just pray for for that pain relief and that 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 uh, just you know, Lord knows it, it's uh, it's not easy. You know. It's not easy dealing with pain, and I pray if there's anybody else, Lord, that's sick or, or, or struggling with health in any way, shape, or form, Lord, bring healing to their life. We're going to learn about you, healing uh, disease, and just your ministry just continues this, this Sunday as we go through the book of Mark, and uh, I, I pray, Lord, you know, for those that, that may be listening, that may be i know we have one friend that just had surgery and and just pray for his recovery and just the healing um we thank you father god we we thank you for uh for those things that are a stomach strain instead of kidney stones and all that stuff that we think uh as we read WebMD, thinking we're the doctor i i just pray lord that we would uh seek you and seek prayer and and do the things that we need to do and when it's time to go in we go in and uh, just pray for healing for those that are that are hurting Uh, we thank you so much for today I do pray for those that are here pray for the marriages and the families and uh, just thank you so much for uh, what a beautiful evening and and thank you for the weather that we're getting we pray for the weather in California and Portland and Oregon and Washington, all the heat wave in Wyoming and all those areas that need rain, Lord, provide the rain uh, that they need. Um, And we thank you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll be in Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 12 on Sunday. I'm thinking, what other day would it be? Uh, Y'all have a good evening. God bless y'all. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.